Let's pray. Father God, thank you that um, there is none like you. Thank you that we can be assured of that in all our searching, that you are truly unique. Thank you that you uh, showed us love. Regardless of our state in life, you continue to love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, friends. There's always this awkward first, like, two minutes whenever I stand here, and so I'm just going to work through this first awkward two minutes. If you've ever been in one of those uh, groups where uh, it's like a staff retreat or sometimes youth groups do this, uh, they will um, they'll do an exercise. They do lots of icebreaker exercises, right? Um, there's the one where you write down a slip of paper and you stick it on someone's back, and then you've got to find the person who matches the thing that's on your back. Um, there's another icebreaker where you have to name your first five favorite ice cream flavors. Uh, but my favorite uh, icebreaker is two truths and a lie. I don't know why I really enjoy that. Maybe I have um, CSI mind or something. Uh, but let's do one, just, just for giggles. So, number one, my wife and I uh, fostered over 30 children. Uh, number two, um, I had a birth defect that stopped me from uh, being able to play basketball. Uh, there's a third one. I need to figure out what it is. Yeah, my wife has a joint that is fused in her thumbs, and so she can't build, bend her thumbs like other people. And the cool thing is, we'll sit here and think about it. If you know us, if you spent some time around us, you'll know what that truth is. You'll know, oh, well, I know what the truths are, and I know where the lie is, right? But if you don't, if you haven't spent time with us, you're sitting here going, well, was there a birth defect? People are looking at Angel's thumbs, like, do her thumbs work? I know Herb did foster care, but I'm not sure how many kids they did. I'm not going to answer the question right now. But we spend a bulk of our, our energy trying to decipher what's true and what isn't true. Uh, and eventually, we just give up because we've been lied to so much by advertising uh, that the Easter Bunny is real, that Santa Claus is real, that we're gonna, we can be anything we wanna be. And we have these lies that we hear all the time, and eventually we're like, you know what? I'm just gonna settle for my truth. Uh, and my truth oftentimes is dangerous because it's relative to my situation. It's not the truth or the truth. Deep inside of us, though, uh, part of our markings, we each have a piece of us that longs for the truth. And we hunger for it, and we're depressed, and we're sad, and we're frustrated, and we run to different things to fill that pain because we can't, we don't have access to the truth. We want it, but we can't even give it. We can't even be truthful ourselves 100% of the time. But we want truth spoken to us 100% of the time. Unless, of course, it hurts our feelings. 
I'm reflecting on the, the, the sermon from last Sunday. I'm telling you, I use that like, just reverberated in my mind over and over again. I praise God for that. Um, we want something, but we don't give the thing that we want, right? We long for a truth that's bigger than us. And when we find that it's bigger than us and we can't control it, we reject it. I was lost at an early age and at a middle age, not middle age, but somewhere between halfway between birth and now. I was lost and I was frustrated. I'd been told all kinds of things and I was so exhausted with trying to figure out what the truth was and being lied to that I was willing to risk it all. I was willing to face the truth. It didn't matter what it was going to be. I wanted to know what the truth was. So I began to cry out, what is truth? And that's the question I began to ask myself. And I began to journal these questions, these thoughts. Um, and I've got ringing in my ear. Is that just me or is, okay. Um, there were things that just didn't add up. And so I began to ask the question, why? And I began to do the work of introspection. It's such a simple question with such profound ramifications. Why? Why do I do this? Why is the sky blue? Why did my parents leave? Why aren't my folks? Just why? Why do I get angry about this thing? Why do I look for help and over here but not over here? Those are the questions I began to ask myself. And as I asked those questions, the answers became evident. But I was willing to risk being disappointed and addressing the reality that I had been living a lie. Both the Sanhedrin and Pilate came face to face with the truth, literally, literally to Jesus. They couldn't see it, or maybe they didn't want to see it. Our first passage is in Luke 22. When the day came, the assembly, oh wait, if you want to turn there in your Bibles, you can. If you want to just read from the screen, you can do that too. But this is a common English Bible version. It, it reads a little uh, gentler than the King James. I like it, whatever. It's not about me. But I do enjoy pages turning. I like that sound. There's nothing beats pages. I don't have a common English Bible, Bible, paper, so... I can't. Thank you. I hear you. I see you. No, I see you. You there? Amen? When day came, the assembly of the elders of the people gathered together both chief priests and scribes and led them away to their council. And they said, if you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, if I tell you, you will not believe. And if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. So they all said, are you the Son of God then? And he said to them, you say that I am. Then they said, what further testimony do we need? We have heard it from our own lips. Our second reading is from John because I want to get the 
full story. Second reading is from John 18, 33, if you want to turn there. It's also going to be on the screen. It's one right after Luke. Amen? I heard a couple pages still. I love that. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did someone say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? Jesus is interviewed twice, and both times the interviewers don't want to actually know what the truth is, they don't really want to know. Or maybe they don't care, or maybe their hearts are so hard, so focused on what they've been doing, how they've been doing it, where they want to do it, that when they're face to face with the truth, they can't see it. They can't hear it. They become accustomed to the status quo. They become accustomed to, they become accustomed to this is how I've always done it. It is. What it is. How many of you have said that? C'est la vie. That's French for it is what it is, I think. I don't know French. I just heard that. <laughs> have you ever done that, though? Have you ever known what the truth is and said, that's too difficult for me. I don't want that right now. Has anyone besides me done that? said, that's too difficult for me right now. I know what I should be doing, but I'm not ready for that right now. Not yet. We believe, but help or unbelief. So my first point, three points. I never do points, but I was inspired, so I've got three points. Number one, willing suspension of the truth does not deny the truth. Let me break that down. I can come down because I, I know this one. How many of you guys like movies? Like watching movies? One of the things that my wife loves about me is that when we watch movies, I sometimes talk through the movies. 
She loves that so much that she rubs my shoulder with her fist. That's not really a rub. But what happens is for me, it gets so intense that I've got to break that willing suspension of disbelief. I've got to go, you know what? Okay, this is not real. I've got to stop crying. I'm just going to be honest. I'm a big dude. Whatever. Yeah, I cry. Hook. It does it every time. I watch it. My feel, I get in my feels. The dad-son relationship. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. You are the pan. It's just, I don't know what it is. But I, we do that, don't we? We, like, willingly suspend the truth. We'll go and we'll entertain ourselves to a spot of comfort. And, and uh, we do these classes at the cafe, and, and it talks about a poverty class. And a poverty class uses entertainment for vacations. Because they can't afford to go on vacation, they entertain themselves. That's why big screen TVs and cables are oftentimes found in my friend's home. That does not deny the truth. The truth is still out there. I can turn a blind eye to it all day long. It does not go away. Jesus does not go away just because I say, Jesus, I don't want to deal with you. He's still standing like this. Or like this, knocking on a door. I'm waiting for you. That's his relationship with us. That's point number one. Point number two. Truth is, that's not not point number two. Somebody switched my slides. Put the other one up and then take that one down. It's not your, it's not your fault, it's my fault. I gave them to you wrong. That's it. No, that's not it either. Just take them all down and we'll pretend like I didn't do this. It's not your fault, it's mine, honestly. Thank you. Aw. <laughs> point two, truth is visible. That's the second point. Truth is visible. Jesus stands and it says, like a sheep led to a slaughter, he did not speak. And I would wager for you, for you to process, Jesus didn't speak to defend himself. He didn't say, get out my face, I'm the son of God, get off me. He could have said that, right? He could have said, back up. He could have said that. But how does he prove that he is the truth? They made claims about him. How did he prove that he was the truth? He went to the cross for us. He proved that his world was bigger than our world. His worldview is bigger than our worldview. The things that he was concerned about, his disciples couldn't even deal with. He's like, can y'all stay up with me? I'm about to go through some serious stuff. And he's sweating like drops like blood. And his disciples are like, look, we're tired. <laughs> Bruh, I thought you had my back. Where were you? And Jesus realizes that he has to do it alone. Peter says, no, Jesus, you can't do this. And Jesus, one of the harshest things I've read Jesus say, he's probably three things. 
He says, get behind me, Satan. His truth is so much bigger than ours. He has an eternal perspective. He is looking at eternity. He is preparing to return to the Father, to the seat at the right hand. That's what he's preparing for. But he knows he has to walk through it. Truth is visible. My wife says she loves me. And if she's not showing me, how do I know? We say we love Jesus. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Somebody asked a question one time. He said, if you were on trial, y'all know where this is going, right? If you were on trial, being accused of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? 1 John 3.18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but in action and in truth. An eternal perspective will change the way we view ourselves. Yeah, I might be a little bit out of shape, but this tent is fading away. So I'm not going to spend so much time in my head worried about this tent. Because I believe that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so if I believe that truth, I'm going to walk out something. If I believe that I don't have to fear death because Jesus has paid it all, my life is going to look different. If I believe that I am the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of me, then my step's going to be a little lighter. If I believe, whew, and I love her, if I believe that my wife and I, when we get to heaven, will be responsible for the behaviors that we had in this life, my behavior with my wife is going to be different. If I believe, you can fill in the blank, because there are all these true statements in the Bible, right? Right? Do we walk that out? Do you walk that out? Last point. The truth is trustworthy. The truth does not change. Jesus does not change. The same Yesterday, today, forever. He does not change. My frustration was there were things that I clung on to that were unreliable. They faded. My favorite pair of shoes, these are my favorite pair of shoes. They wore out. Even me saying, I have a cell phone, and if you've known me long enough to know that that's a trigger statement for me, that I own a cell phone, that truth is not an eternal truth. It's still temporary. My wife and I, when we get to heaven, we will not be married. 
Even my marriage is temporary. If I have an eternal perspective, do I have an eternal perspective, something that I can trust that's not going to change, that I can hang my hat on and know when I come back, my hat's still going to be there. Does that make sense? Are you picking up what I'm laying down? We need to focus on the big truth because if we lean on things that are not eternally true, we will falter. I'm good looking. Eventually, I won't be good looking. (laughs) I can't lean on that, but I can lean on the fact that Jesus loves me. He calls me his own. I can lean on that. My education, my brain might start to fade, and whatever education I had, I might only know like three or four numbers, like one, six, and nine. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. There's this passage that my friend and I are are working through right now, Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Such a simple statement. You are with me. He talks about in Revelation. He says that we will spend eternity with God. There's this true statement that every church that holds, Christ, holds Jesus up first. They make this statement, and it is from John 3.16. It's a truth statement. doesn't change. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So my question to you this morning Do you know that truth? Do you know the truth that you have eternal life? Have you already accepted Jesus as your Savior and Lord? Because it's one thing to be saved, but it's something else to turn your life over to him and begin to to walk that out. This life, as tangible as it is, it will pass away. Are we ready for the next? Where will you hang your hat? What will you take with you into the next life? the truth? If you have not made a decision for eternity, if your perspective is so short, 
and you don't have an eternal perspective, I invite you this morning to make a change. I invite you to accept God's perspective. I invite you to trust the truth. 